Good morning and welcome to the name of Jesus. You are a happy bunch today. Sounds like I have a whole crowd over there too. Well, today's the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, and our sermon text comes from an Old Testament lesson of, of Isaiah chapter 5, and uh, he talks about a vineyard, he talks about grapes, and in the ancient time, the grapes were the Israelites, and today it's you and me. We are the grapes. We'll see how that applies to us today as it did to his children back in, in some long, long time ago. We pray always as we hear God's words through the songs we sing, through the hymns we sing, through our liturgy, um, and that our faith is strengthened and empowers us to go out and share the word of God with our world. We also pray if you need healing, God might bless you with that today through his word also. Let us rise and we'll begin our service by singing hymn number 644, The Church is One Foundation.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Take a few moments of silence for self-reflection and self-examination. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world. For the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Merciful Father, in your abundant love, you redeemed us from our sin and restored us as your own children in Christ. As you have crowned us with love and mercy, keep us in this grace and favor that we may strive to complete the race and receive from your hand the crown of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 5. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice wines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and he hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it, it yielded grapes. Why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain, no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold, an outcry. This is the word of the Lord. Our gradual from Psalms 34. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. The epistle reading is from Philippians chapter 3 through 4b14. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surprising worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, 
I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death, and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruit in their season. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken in pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. And the children would like to come forward for the children's message. Hey, Joseph. Baby's here. Oh, Joseph, you and I are outnumbered. So you all, you all know what grapes are, right? Yeah, you guys eat grapes? They do. They even have yellow ones, too. Do you like them? I like grapes. So we, we, you don't like grapes? Oh, good. I'll use you as my little example then. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. So in our, two of our lessons today, we heard about grapes. In the New Testament, we heard about a, we heard about a vineyard. He didn't specifically talk about the grapes, but in the Old Testament, God talked about grapes. And God plants this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful vineyard, garden. Any, any of you all have gardens at home? Right? No? This is, a, this is a changing of the season right now, so some of your things may be all ripe, some of them may be, may be dying, maybe you're going to plant fall and winter at your mom's. 
Your grandma, grandma has one? Cool. You have a garden also? Awesome. You all take care of it? Because you've got to really take care of them, right? You've got to water them and dig around them and get rid of all the bugs. Well, in the Old Testament lesson, God wanted this really beautiful, beautiful garden with lots of luscious grapes. But the problem was, when he came to pick the grapes, they were all bad. Now, he wasn't really talking about grapes that you and I eat. He was talking about people. He was calling his people at that time to be his, his grapes, and he wanted them all to be good grapes. But they weren't so very good grapes. And so God had a pretty harsh judgment for them. Let's fast forward to the day. So remember in the beginning, he said, you're all grapes, right? You're all grapes that God has chosen. And he wants you and me, all of them, everybody else to be good grapes. And, and part of that is, for you guys, it's obeying mom, dad, somebody's taking care of you, and, and your teachers when you go to school, right? For, for all of us, for men, it's, we're obeying, obeying our wives, right? I didn't even get a, hardly any chuckle on that one. Wives, wives obeying husbands? Yeah, not a good thing either, right? It's all of us obeying God, right? And, but sometimes we do things that aren't good, right? You guys ever do anything that's bad? Occasionally? Yeah. So we become, in a sense, we become bad grapes. We begin to shrivel up. But the good news is we confess our sins and God forgives us. And he gives us the strength that we can be good grapes. And as good grapes, he then sends you all, all of them, me out into the world. It might be he sends you to school, and as good grapes, you, you obey your teachers, you do your homework. Um, it might be us going out to work. We obey our bosses. We do the best job we can. And through all of that, we give glory to God. Because we are recognizing that because of Jesus, we can do all these things. And even with the relationships we, we form, we might be able to help make good grapes by sharing Jesus with them. And then the Holy Spirit does all the work. So today, I want you to think, when you guys go home, think of yourselves as good grapes. And see if there's a little grape out there that might need a little love today. Well, you might be able to give them some cheer and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Okay? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive us for the time where you are bad, bad, bad grapes. We thank you for that gift of forgiveness as you return us, turn us back into good grapes. Send us out in the world where we will always be, or at least try to be, good grapes for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Let's sing our song of the day.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 5, 1 to 7, Isaiah decides to sing a song in our text. I don't know if he had a very good voice or not. I don't know what kind of melody it was either. And that really doesn't matter. What matters is the words he chose to sing and the message that those words contain. They talked about the relationship between God and his people the Israelites, between God and his people, us. Isaiah tells us that God planted a vineyard. He didn't plant this beautiful vineyard just to look at. Isaiah's song talks about the expectation that the Lord of the Israelites, and what were their expectations? Expectations? He sings in the latter part of verse 2. He says, then he looked for a crop of good grapes. It was only natural for the Lord to expect good and lusciously huge grapes. After all, he had provided everything necessary for those grapes to grow. And he expected the Israelites to act like the cream of the crop of all mankind. They had everything provided for them to be exemplary race in love, charity, and life. God expects the same of you and me. As Christians, we tend to forget sometimes the wonderful benefits and advantages that we have as Christians. Paul said of himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he said, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, 
but the grace of God that was with me. Think about the grace of God that has been given to you. Most of you here this morning, and, and maybe most of you watching online also, were baptized. And this was not just simply a rite that you went through, like a, a symbol of your belief. God's word says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, that baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you were given the Holy Spirit in your baptism, the devil is not able to play with your emotions of love, anger, and jealousy. The angels are on guard in your life. Your sinful nature has been drowned. You also have the word of God to listen to every single day. And you know what God expects of you. So what does this mean in, in black and white, if I break it down? Simply, you have the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus living in you through faith. God has chosen each of you and redeemed you from this fallen world. He puts your sinful nature to death. God died for you, and you believe that. This is God Almighty we are talking about here. Your God, God's grace through faith. But what happened when God looked at the Israelites with all their benefits? Isaiah said in verse 2, it yielded only bad fruit. He looked for justice but saw bloodshed, for righteousness but heard cries of distress. Against all reason, against the very nature of what God had done with the Israelites, these homegrown and pampered vines were still producing wildly bad fruit. They were shedding innocent blood and being violent with one another. In the same way as God looks at his baptized people in the New Testament, there still is a ton of bad fruit being produced. Instead of, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of sticking out as examples of morality, somehow we end up being worse, worse than heathens. And why is this? Well, Isaiah asks this in verse 3 and 4. He says, Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? He leaves it open, and he says this. He says, You be the judge. If God did all these things for the Israelites, and God has done all these things for you and me, then he cannot get the blame. Even the Israelites recognize this, because they offer no excuse in this text. They remain silent. The sad matter of it is that as Christians, we still offer excuses as to why we're so lazy or why we're so selfish we just actually have the nerve to complain that, that God somehow hasn't done enough for me. And that's like saying, God, it's your fault. I can't help it. How can we honestly use that as an excuse when we've been baptized and we've been given the word of God and the Holy Spirit as our companion? The Israelite, Israelites in Isaiah's time had become so blatantly evil that God could no longer bear it. Their actions weren't just a matter of weakness. They were pure signs of unbelief. Listen to what God says in verse 5 of Isaiah. 
Now I will tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will take away the, its hedge, and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall, and it will be trampled. I will make it a water land, wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds to not rain on it. In specific terms, God was going to bring the Assyrians down on the Israelites and punish them for their behavior. And worse than that, he was going to command the clouds not to rain. If this is symbolic for the word of God, this is the worst judgment of all. God said he would give them a drought of his word. He was going to shut his mouth. Send no more prophets to them. Isaiah's call was actually to now harden the hearts of these Israelites. Their time was up. God had decided enough was enough. And that's a pretty sad thing. The saddest thing, though, I think, in this whole picture is that even as Isaiah predicted this whole thing, the Israelites were past the point of returning. He was now there, hardened, there to harden them in their sins. And the only hope would be for the descendants who would come after them to repent. As you and I sit here this morning and examine the fruit that we are producing as God's vineyard, we can't help but maybe be a little embarrassed at the lack of clusters that we have produced. What are we to do in the face of this? We know we really can't make excuses. If you feel like you've let God down, like you've been wasting space in his garden, if you feel bad about this, then you know it's not too late for you. Isaiah wants you to take your eyes off of, off of your vine and to look somewhere else. He says later on in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Isaiah directs our sorrowful eyes to the only branch that would bear fruit in the middle of the vineyard, from the stump of Jesse. At the beginning, the branch would seem rather ordinary. As it would grow, it would become, or it would have humble beginnings under a carpenter and a virgin. Yet as the branch continues to grow, its fruit would be amazing. Raising the dead, walking on water, healing the blind, with just simply a few of those events. The greatest fruit, however, was not in his miracle healing or his wonderful words, but in the way he was cut off from his very life. The branch that gave so much promise was chopped off by his own father on the tree of death a cross. Instead of chopping down the vines that were not, weren't producing, God chopped down the best one. Yet, it was in this death that the branch produced its greatest fruit. In his death, that branch produced fruit for you and for me. But not just you, not just me, for the whole world. And that, that is the fruit of forgiveness and righteousness for the entire world, entire world. Miracle of all miracles. The branch then reattached itself to the stump and it lived again. In an arid and drying world, the branch stood out as the one source of life. So Isaiah says, look to the fruit. When you and I look to the vine, a truly miraculous thing happens. 
Paul says in Romans 11, verse 17, You, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive pot, olive root. Instead of throwing away our dead and withered vine, the Lord grafts us, into, us all into one huge vine that grows in the middle, which has the power to nourish all of us and to keep us alive. Through faith, God grants you into, grafts you into Christ and treats you as if you belong there the whole time. And then Jesus says to us in John chapter 15, verse 5, we all probably know this one, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Through faith, God wants you and me to look at ourselves not as an individual vine growing in the garden, but as an individual branch grafted into the vine. You cannot have life or produce fruit apart from him. But through him, in faith, relying on him, God can do great things. Unbelievable? We who had to repent that our vines were rotten and our fruit was lousy and rotten are told by God that we are the apple of his eye. So that even the weakest of works that you and I produce are acceptable when done through faith in Jesus. God grants you and me that our reflection on this song has led us to repent of our, of our unfruitfulness and yet turn to the only source of life we've been promised, the vine of life in Jesus Christ. For he is the only way to eternity in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we say forgive us for all the mistakes that we make. And we are so thankful that you have grafted us into the vine of life into your son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Please rise and we profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God. Please be seated. I'd like to have come forward our teaching staff and our office staff. Come forward, those that are here today. So today is uh, appreciation day where we recognize our staff. And uh, we share, I'm going to share a few things and then we'll commend them for uh, all they do and ask you all to stay after service as we recognize them too.
But you all have been chosen to fill specific positions at this congregation, be it as teacher, administration, assistant, or bookkeeper. Jack, remember this. Teachers, God has specifically picked each of those students to be in your classrooms. You are in their lives for a reason and for a purpose. You are chosen and called to make a difference. And Jason and Donna, you both play an integral part in the temporal affairs of this congregation and the school and Jason, also the services of God's and God's house here at Trinity. Hear the word of God from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. If you all would turn around with me. Let us pray. Gracious Father, you direct your people to use your gifts in service to others. Receive our thanks and praise for the faithful service of Donna, Jason, Crystal, Isla, Alexia, Abigail, Elizabeth, Georgie, Taya, Janine, and Cherie. Bless them with wisdom and patience and with the love and faithfulness of your word, that they may continue to serve with gladness through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now go in the name of the Lord. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that the Lord, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you and preserve you forever. Amen. Thank you guys for your service. You may applaud them if you like. Oh, thank you. Again, we invite you to stay afterwards to uh, give them a personal thanks for the work. Let us rise for prayer. We pray for the church, the vineyard of the Lord's planting, that he nurture his church with the means of grace and that we bring forth fruit in keeping with the kingdom of God. Let us pray to the Lord. For each of us in Christ, that we strive for the prize, forgetting what lies behind and pressing toward the goal of our eternal salvation and everlasting life with God. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the nations, that those who lead us heed the word of God and preserve us from all threats to our faith and promote virtue and goodness in all we say and do. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For this congregation that we not take for granted all that the Lord has given us and work to bear the good fruit of his kingdom in our lives together and individually. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who will hear the word of God, that the Spirit prepare their hearts to receive him and by the same Spirit confess his holy name. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the sick and all who suffer in body and mind or soul, and especially today, we, li- we, li- uh, excuse me. we lift up Dick Chambers, who is having tests uh, later on today at the hospital. 
We lift up Betty Davis, who has been hospitalized with heart issues. Uh, we lift up Joan Walker, who begins chemotherapy tomorrow. Uh, the family of Nan Martin, who, uh, who, have, who celebrated her life yesterday. Uh, for Krista Floyd, who is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Uh, for my great niece, Kayla, um, who's having kidney issues right now, and two days ago delivered two beautiful little twin daughters who are quite premature at two and a half pounds each, but they're doing well. And continue to grant Kayla and, and Zach, her husband, the strength as they will have to wait a couple of months before they can bring the babies home. Pray that you give all patience and in their affliction, comfort in their pain, and grace to sustain them now into everlasting life in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who approach this altar today, that they be prepared through repentance and faith to receive this sacrament for, for their good, and that what they receive may bear good fruit in their lives. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, ever more ready to hear than we are to pray, grant to us all good things needful to us and keep from us all things harmful that we may not enter into into judgment. Keep us from pleading only our righteousness and cover us with grace that we may wear the righteousness of Christ by faith and so labor within your vineyard and receive the crown of everlasting life in Christ through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we receive our offerings, and please put your attendance or communion cards into the offering plates. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Remember your people, remember your children, remember 
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Together we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Sing our closing song, Christ is our cornerstone. Amen. Please be seated. Announcements. Laura. Everyone, all of you, please come to the Cafe Brew and um, celebrate appreciation of Pastor Brian and staff. And thank you for all the cards um, that you have given. It will bless the staff and it will bless... Um, Pastor Brian and Jane, and, and thank you very much. So please come back to the Cafe Brew. And there's this gorgeous cross made of cupcakes with a rainbow at the top. It's really pretty. And grapes. Grapes. Right. <laughs> good grapes. Good grapes. Like, right. And good. they've been cleaned of all of the bad stuff. I did oh, it. Ooh. Salt and baking soda, if you want to know. <laughs> thank you, Laura.
morning. I just want to remind everybody that October 21st, that's a Saturday, we are going to have our our annual Harvest Fest, but it's different than in prior years. We're going to have a chili cook-off. So if you want to enter your chili in the cook-off, that's wonderful. We do have a sign-up board in the back. But if you don't want to enter it in competition, just bring chili. We're just going to have a big old chili feed, potluck chili feed. So please come and enjoy. And along with that, we're going to do a schoolhouse trick-or-treat for the kids. So bring your grandkids, your neighbor kids, your kids, bring any kids you can find. Um, We're asking any group in the church to please sponsor a door, and we're going to decorate each door in the school wing over there. There are eight doors, and it's just, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Just sit outside the door and hand out some candy. Um, Also along with this, we're doing a fundraising uh, silent auction. So if you can donate a basket full of goodies or, you know, holiday theme, fall theme, whatever you want to put together, there's also a sign-up board in the Narthex for that. Um, and we need all we can get. And if, if you don't want to put together a basket, if you can just donate some items, that would be wonderful, too. We'll put together a basket for you. Um, and then Donna is also in the back selling script to support our early learning center. So uh, Christmas is coming. Thanks, Doreen. Oh, wait, Wendy. Um, each group will bring, you know, is responsible for donate, for bringing their candy. But if, any, if you want to donate candy, that would be wonderful because we can probably use all we can get. Just remember, don't bring M&Ms or they will, they will disappear. Good morning. Uh, I came up here because I was asked to speak kindly about our pastor. I had to dig real deep. But, but uh, it's been a pleasure working with him. I know you feel the same. Uh, very fortunate to have him in his ministry. Very dedicated pastor. Thanks from all the elders I speak of, and I'm sure all the congregation. Thank you for your devoted service. I also want to... Thank you. Doesn't he turn a wonderful shade of red? <laughs> That's why I'm wearing green. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, we want to thank all of the teachers. I had a chance to be here at Open House a couple of weeks ago and meet some of them. And the things that I've talked to people about, wonderful things about the staff. People have come and they are happy they're here and going to continue to be here. No complaints. So it's wonderful. Credit to our staff. And of course, you know, we forget what goes on. When you walk in, the lights are on. Thanks to Donna, she pays the bills. You know, and Jason, we get a chance now to see what he can do. But he does all those things behind the scenes, too. So we want to appreciate teachers and our staff and pastor. Thank you. Any more announcements? Um. Thanks, thanks to Mike taking care of uh, the message last week, preaching the gospel to you all. Um, probably more gospel last week than a little, little bit more law in my sermon today. today. Um, and Dan and I had a wonderful time getting away in northern Oregon, southern Washington for a couple days. It was great. The rain didn't come like they said it was going to be, so it was awesome in there. Saw some amazing things. If you've never been to northern Oregon or southern Washington, go. Plan a trip. It's beautiful up there. After the gathering, there's the Bible study class goes on for Revelation. 
Um, and if you've missed any, it's okay. Come on in anyway. We will update you as quick as we can. But each lesson stands alone as well as combining. Um, thank you again. Thank you for all the applause. And, and do, do thank all of our staff when, whenever you get a chance to see them. They do an awful lot of stuff that you don't even know they do. And, and I'm the one who usually benefits from a lot of it. So um, I thank you. But you all benefit from it too. Let's go in peace and serve our Lord. We're all going to go that way. Me too. So, but I'm going to go change. Thank you. Avery. Hey,